The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. And hello, 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 hello. It's holiday time. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Welcome to our party. It's radio's finest hour of power. This is our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew segment. And we're going to be talking to you today about a holiday celebrations and traditions and all of those things as well as we will be going into the wilds to talk about the corridors for wildlife. And, you know, Mercury's in retrograde, so we'll talk what that is all about. A full hour of just plain old fun talk and hopefully a little bit of inspiration. So Christmas is here, Heather. I mean, it's like one of our favorite times of the year. Um, most definitely. Yes, and I, before we start, I just wanted to announce that if you're still hunting for holiday gifts, I'd really encourage you to go online and to buy some of your gifts through igive.com uh, because, and then choose Be the Star You Are as your as your uh, charity of choice because they give a couple percent back to the charity. Or you can go to goodsearch.com and then choose Be the Star You Are. And I think it's great. I know Heather did all her shopping that way. Very nice, mm. Heather. Yeah, I did mine through Amazon, and it, with the, and it had a uh, direct link that made that sure that some of the portions were going to be the star you are. I love it. You and if you're forgetting what we're saying right now, go to like the website, bethestaryouare.org, and right on the homepage it has links that you can go to. You'll find coupons and discounts, and some of it's free shipping. It doesn't cost you a penny more, so you're actually making a difference, and you are buying great gifts at your favorite stores. And you're getting them online. You don't even have to get in your car, use any gas or anything for all your favorite people. So, Heather, I'm so excited that it's Christmas. Yay! It's Yay. time to break back out the traditions. You got it. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today is Christmas traditions. Everybody has them, holiday traditions. And our family is no different. And so we thought that we would just do a little bit of reminiscing and talk about some of the things that different 
people do, and we'll start with our family. And the thing I want to start with first, Heather, are the holiday lights that your grandmother and grandfather, my nanny, or your nanny, my mom, do up on our ranch up in Napa Valley, which is 12 miles from any town, in the middle of the boondocks, yet it lights up so Santa can tell the way. It's sort of like going to Disneyland, isn't it? Oh, my God, no, and people come from all around, and a big thing that's up there, because it's, you know, up in the Napa, um, Napa County, to be exact, is something up there in that little area, it's called Gordon Valley, they put up these luminaires, these bags every year, um, I don't know what the rain this year if they did, but usually these bags with these little lights in it, and people come from all around, and some people, you know, will do their whole houses, uh, and it's just those things, you know, you never really wonder, or... I don't know how these things get started, but it's such a tradition. It's a and Mexican it's so... tradition, actually. Yeah, and, and of course, so... there's a lot of farm workers up there, but it's a beautiful, luminaris, and they're actually um, brown bags filled with sand and a candle, and people use them to light the way, and, um, you know, the tradition was it was lighting the way to Jesus. But they're <laughs> fantastic, aren't they, especially when you're out in the middle of the country and it's all dark. Yeah, and I just know, you know, with... It's interesting to think of how traditions originate. How it just kind of starts one year, you start doing something, and then it becomes something that, you know, we have to do this every year. Um, and a lot of times, you know, these things happen accidentally. I know for us, one of the big things is we always, um, you know, the night before Christmas, we always watch old videos. And they don't have to be old family videos. They don't have to be about Christmas time. There's just any... Any old videos, totally, you know, VH, VHS, <laughs> so people don't even have those anymore. Um, just because over, you did a great job of wanting to videotape every second of our lives. <laughs> and um, just kind of grabbing random videos, putting it on, and it's hilarious to look back at these things. You totally forgot how we dressed, how we acted, the little voice, or all these just these candid moments. Um, and we've, it's become part two where, you know, if we have other friends or, you know, new additions to the family that we encourage people to bring their videos as well. And it's always kind of funny comparing um, how silly ours are. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I look forward to it every year, and it has really become a total family tradition because you're watching things from when you children were young or, you know, out in the field or with the animals or 4-H events or school events. And one of the things that I was never, I mean, I was always the one behind the camera. I kind of wasn't shooting, like, the award ceremonies. It was always shooting the crazy things that happened. <laughs> and so they really are pretty funny. And especially now, as you said, I look back and you see the big hair, you see the different clothes, and it's, we just get a good, a really good chuckle out of it. And then I just wanted to say, too, getting back to the ranch house is uh, my brothers, my mom, my sisters, everybody decorates to the nth degree. And there are lights on every tree, the orange trees, on the grapevines, on every flower. And, again, that's just something that uh, it just you, you can't help but make you smile. We were there last night at my mom's, and her the inside of her house looks like Santa's village. I mean, it's like a uh, it's like a Christmas store, and she has all these talking animals and singing animals. <laughs> and, of course, Heather, tell them about the band. That's always a fun thing. Oh, yeah. The one year, you know, we got the, the gift, the band in a box, and, you know, it started as almost like a gag gift. Before you knew it, you know, everyone has an instrument, and it becomes, you know, the after-dinner thing. And that, I mean, just overall in general, 
I think why traditions are so important, especially at the holidays, is because traditions aren't based around, oh, I always get a gift or I want the traditions. It's a, it really brings back the whole meaning of um, why you get together, why the holidays, and especially in these economic times, I think um, having family traditions are really are so important in keeping those family traditions because for the most part they're those things that don't cost anything. It's the tradition of we always decorate the tree together or, you know, we always um, watch these videos. It's these little things that, you know, aren't going to cost, that you, you have these things on hand, that we always get together with this one family. And it, things like that, I think that really show people what the meaning of this holiday season is about is about well, you know you said something sharing. when I picked you up at the airport about how you know because times are tough you don't have a whole lot of money to buy gifts or anything and you know like who needs anything that you wrote letters to people and yeah, I was so telling somebody today you know this year, uh, that so was saying how this year we're not getting gifts of this year my plane got you know crazily um, set back but it gave me time to do things I needed to do. And I felt, you know, this Christmas, um, instead of, you know, getting everyone all of these, everyone's definitely, you know, is getting gifts and gifts that I feel is special and that I want, you know, that is really meaningful. But I felt something I really wanted to do this year um, as, you know, as well as to attach, you know, a car instead of just Merry Christmas, love, of really kind of pouring out, of letting know each individual of why this really means, why I'm so happy to have them in my life. Because I feel for me personally, um, I'm at that stage in my life where I don't need. There's nothing. I don't have the the wants. I don't. I've as long. You know, my family's healthy. The fact that I get to spend um, the holiday with my family is so special, and that I have everyone here, and that we're healthy. And I think that's a really big thing. Um, I think definitely this these tough times have shown have kind of taught people that your family and your friends are you know the richest gifts ever. Well, I I personally think that is one of the most beautiful gifts is to give your heart. Because what happens so often is that, you know, someone dies that's close to you, and the biggest regret we always have is that we never shared our love. And this is, it's so important to tell people how you feel when they're with us. And I was just, I just ran, I had to run some errands before doing this radio show, and I was down at the UPS store, and one of the the guys that I just loved there was saying, well, he wasn't getting Christmas gifts, and they, you know, they just decided they would just be together. And I suggested what you had said he said oh my god that's the most wonderful thing i that's exactly what i'm going to do tonight i'm going to write a letter to everybody that's going to be there and tell them how i feel so heather you inspired something i think that would be a really it would be a good um what would you say a good not i don't want to use use the word project but a great program i to instigate yeah and i mean there's kind of something we are so big about there's never you know tomorrow was never promised to you this you know the fact you get this holiday may you may there may be someone missing from that tradition next year um and i think in any opportunity you tell someone you have the opportunity to tell them you love them you do and i think um, a lot of times, you know, family, we all know, you know, we you love your mother, you love your father. Um, but a lot of times it isn't in that great detail where it's truly kind of taking this person aside and saying this is what you mean to me. And uh, I think the great thing about putting it into a letter uh, is that it's, you know, it's a forever kind of thing. Whether they they keep it or they toss it or, you know, they put it in some scrapbook, um, it is something that has the potential that it can last a lifetime. And I think those are things. I'm such the person I, I save every little, you know, sweet little memento thing because it feels special to look back and and then you kind of feel like you have this from you have Yeah, you can keep that words. beautiful memory box, 
You know, and I also loved um, there. We heard about a couple of other new traditions uh, that Brian was telling us. Tell us about his the hide the pickle. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, his family's mom had just kind of found out, you know, found this tradition thing. It's a German tradition, and they're not even German. And um, that you know, you hide this pickle. The first child to find the pickle gets a gift, and it eventually turned into everyone. Um, there's all these amounts and amounts of pickles hidden, and so everyone gets a gift. Um, there's actually, you know, earlier today we were actually just uh, decorating the tree here, and it's very that's a very traditional thing. And like how how there's certain ornaments you always have or each year you, know, you get a new ornament and it's funny you know looking at the ones that the kids have made um those little tra- you know those little things that that's what people look forward to well um, you know this is it i think that is also special i mean i have all the ornaments that you kids ever ever wore i mean ever made and anything you ever made me i wear <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's, i love it even though now that you're not kids anymore and you're adults on your own terms it's still just such fun, you know, to have those. And I was going through ornaments, and I had, like, you know, baby's first Christmas with your pictures in it and or your wedding, and you know, or things. I actually had um, a nativity scene that I bought in Bethlehem when I was just, uh, I think I was 18 or 19, that was carved out of olive wood from Bethlehem. And, you know, things like that, they mean a lot. Yeah, I think the biggest thing of just, you know, with with traditions, with all holidays, it really is getting back to the basics of family. And especially as I said with these times, is that traditional things um, are usually the low low cost and no cost. It's the people you're with, not, you know, it's not the it's not the place you're going, but the place, you know, the people you're going there with kind of thing. And just, you know, recently with our, we've created a Thanksgiving tradition um, at our, uh, at my brother's, you know, our, our family-in-law our family. <laughs> that it started as, you know, after Thanksgiving, we were going to play a game and going into it, so now it's this thing of that there's always this kind of tournament these silly games going on and now that's something we look forward to and it's just something that we're you know homemade it's not costing anyone anything it's really the whole thing with traditions i think when it's really just getting back into what these holidays mean you know and i want to bring up something when you were talking about we started a new tradition is i what i have found is that some people get stuck in their traditions Mm -hmm. but then it's not fun anymore it becomes like a a chore and it, we have to give permission to ourselves to start new things. And it, just because you went someplace and have done it for 20 years doesn't mean you always have to do it. And a great example, I think, of, that we, from our own lives that we can say is that um, our ranch house, since I was born, has always been the family place for Christmas Day, you know, where 40, 50 people show up for big meals and fun and Santa and the whole thing. And this year, it's being held at, at, at um, your brother's house up in Lake Tahoe. And at first, my mom was really upset about it. So we had, because she wanted to have it. But instead, what we did is we had a different uh, family tradition yeah, that we it, created. It's, and and it's, like, you know, it's kind of like tradition. Maybe it's kind of like fashion. Like, there is nothing is ever new. They're always just kind of recreations. Right. So, you know, it's just taking that. It's just sometimes... You know, it's, um, 
one thing that we always have in Christmas is one place. Well, people grow up and they get their own families, so new traditions are created. So kind of like how every year with the Christmas tree you get new ornaments, but you still have those old ones, but you mix them in. Uh, it's just, you know, allowing yourself to just kind of think outside the box and just really getting back to enjoy. It's not what you're doing. It's who you're doing it with. And exactly. Exactly. Awesome. And that's the key is to be, you know, surround yourself with friends and family that you love and don't get into feeling obligated to do this and obligated to that to do that the, this is a season of joy it's, it's supposed to be a season of bliss a season of giving a season of enjoying one another and not feeling like oh gosh i've got to do this and i've got to do that mm-hmm. so make sure that you do allow yourself time to relax and rejuvenate and you know have a good time that is no matter what you celebrate, it, uh, whether you know it's Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever, just enjoy yourself and the people around you. And as Heather said, make sure to tell people that you love them. Any last little bit you want to add into the thing is, it is the tradition of giving, and the best thing giving wise is, as you're saying, giving your heart, just giving yourself the opportunity to enjoy family and friends. People, um, you know, things have become too commercialized, and people, you know, worry, especially with this economy. People are so stressed about how are they going to afford gifts and how are they going to do this. Spending time, taking that time um, with your family in these crazy times, we often don't stop and celebrate the little moments anymore. So take this opportunity, make your gift that you are giving yourself to your friends and your family and sharing that love with them. And that is the best and greatest. That's a new, that should be a daily tradition. I love it. I love it. Well, Heather, you get, get back to decorating the tree and having fun with your friends. And uh, we will be celebrating together later on so go ahead and give out the website most definitely but if you're still looking for a good last minute christmas stuffing stocking stuffer a great good you might want to check out some of the fantastic books by cynthia ryan so go to be the star you are.org be the star you are.com also if you want to check out get some fam, fantastic carmony clutches go to carmony clutches.com and carmony and myspace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches, both with a K. Right, and Carmony is K-A-R-M-O-N-Y, and then collection K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N.com. You can also find those at heatherbrittany.com. And Heather makes the most gorgeous, gorgeous handbags. Every girl on your list should have one of those. So think about that. Well, Heather, another fun segment. I hate to go, but you know what? All our, all our people here at World Talk Radio are in the midst of having a party. They are celebrating right now. So mm-hmm. we want to celebrate with them. We will be back in a bit. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. Don't go away. We have more party to come. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Traveling has become more hectic than ever before. Here's some advice that may be useful to your schedule this holiday season. 
try to travel as early in the day as possible. If a plane gets delayed or canceled, you'll have a better chance of making alternate arrangements. A great example is Heather had to take the last flight out last night, and it ended up being a five-hour delay getting her in here the wee hours of the morning. Always reconfirm your travel times at least 72 hours before departure on every leg of your trip. Reconfirm any special meals, seat assignments, or other irregular necessities that you requested. Make sure to have the phone number of your travel agent with you or the numbers of other airlines. And in case of emergency, professional help may be the answer for you. Know the luggage restrictions. They're changing all the time. Carry-ons are becoming limited, or you have to pay for them on many of the airlines out there. Consider sending any gifts ahead. If you must carry gifts, don't wrap them. During security at, or at customs, you may be asked to open the packages, which is really going to increase your frustration, especially now during this days of giving. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. Have a fabulous trip and a fabulous holiday. And I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. Go to star-style.com for coaching and more advice. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. You are the star. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. For staying with us here on our holiday special, we are a show about following your heart, doing what you love, and we are bubbling always with enthusiasm and inspiration and motivation and information and tools for living. I bet you that you have been baking your cookies and your fudge and the rocky road and the fruit cakes. We make persimmon cakes every year. Those are really, really yummy. I just, I really love the holidays. I love the smells. I love how happy people are. It's just, it's a great time, and if we could only capture this essence and keep it with us all year long. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting your private consultation over the phone, call 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com. It's from Leo Tolstoy, gosh, I'm I'm tongue-tied, Leo Tolstoy. And it is, if you want to be happy, be. And that's what we are about here, is we are about being in the moment, be the star you are. I have always believed that we have to be before we can do. And so if you really want to be happy, just be happy. And this is definitely the time of year that can make that happen for you. I want to announce that the essay contest sponsored by U.S. Bank is going on. There's still a couple more weeks for you to enter. You'll want to go to bethestarur.org for guidelines. That's bethestarur.org, and you'll find out a little bit more of what you'll need to do. The topic this year is on how we can create more happiness and abundance in our lives through service 
to others. You'll have a chance to win a dollars, a opportunity to be a guest right here with Heather and I on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, as well as books and other prizes. So again, get into the uh, writing mode, and this is a great time since it is the holidays to be writing about happiness and abundance. Be the star you are. org. Click on writing, and you will find the information. Well, I have a wonderful poem that I wanted to read you. It's called Santa's Wish Poem, and thought that you would enjoy it. On Christmas Eve, a young boy with light in his eyes looked deep into Santa's, to Santa's surprise, and said as he nestled on Santa's broad knee, I want your secret. Tell it to me. He leaned up and whispered in Santa's good ear, How do you do it year after year? I want to know how, as you travel about giving gifts here and there, you never run out. How is it, dear Santa, that in your pack of toys, you have plenty for all the world's girls and boys. It stays so full, it never empties as you make your way from rooftop to rooftop and on, on the sleigh. You go to homes, large and small, from nation to nation. You reach them all. And Santa smiled can kindly and said to the boy, Don't ask me hard questions. Don't you want a toy? But the child shook his head, and Santa could see that he needed the answer. Okay, just listen to me. He told the small boy with light in his eyes, My secret will make you sadder, yet wise. The truth is, my sack is magic inside. It holds millions of toys for my Christmas Eve ride. And although I do visit each girl and each boy, I don't always leave them a gaily wrapped toy. Some homes are hungry. Some homes are sad. Some homes are desperate. Some homes are bad. Some homes are broken, and children there grieve. To those homes I visit, what should I leave? My sleigh is filled with the happiest stuff, but for homes where despair lives, toys aren't enough. So I tiptoe in, kiss each girl and boy, and pray with them that they will be given some joy. And the spirit of Christmas, the spirit that lives in the heart of the dear child who gets not but gives. If only God hears me and answers my prayer, when I visit next year, what I will find there are homes filled with peace and with giving, and with love, and boys and girls gifted with light from above. It's a very hard task, my smart little brother, to give toys to some and give prayers to others. But the prayers are the best gifts, the best gifts indeed, for God has a way of meeting each need. That's part of the answer. The rest, my dear youth, is that my sack is magic, and that is the truth. And in my sack I carry on Christmas Eve day more love than a Santa could ever give away. The sack never empties of love or of joys because inside is faith and hopes, not just toys. The more I give, the fuller it seems because in giving it's the way of fulfilling dreams. And you know something? You've got a sack too. It's as magic as mine. It lives inside of you. It never gets empty. It's full from the start. It's the center of lights and love. It is your heart. And if on this Christmas you want to help me, don't be so concerned with the gifts under your tree. 
Open the sack that's called your heart and share your joy, your friendship, your wealth, your care. The light in the small boy's eyes was glowing. Thanks for the secret. I've got to be going. Wait, little boy, said Santa. Don't go. Will you share? Will you help? Will you use what you know? And just for a moment, the small boy stood still, touched his heart, and whispered, I will. So that is a Merry Christmas from from Santa, and I think that that's the most important part, is that Santa is always in our heart if we are willing to look inside. So I encourage you all to continue to give from your heart and to go out into the world and to be the star you are. Now, some of you may know that Mercury is in retrograde, and I don't know if you are wondering, what is Mercury in retrograde? What does that mean? And I thought that we would just talk about that just a little bit and see if, if uh, we can make some sense of it. So uh, Mercury in retrograde, it's, it is one of those times that people will say, oh, my gosh, Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> That's a bad thing. Well, is it? It is a time that you're going to have computer problems. It is a time that your car may break down. It is a time that the the flights are delayed, just as Heather's was delayed last night. But it is also a time that we have to learn how to reconnect, to rejuvenate, to rejoice. It's all the re-words. See, Christmas is like a season, and when natural forces are greater than ourselves, they create a change in our minds and hearts and our souls. So it is a change towards goodness. So there's something very powerful and important in the timing of this miraculous event that uh, that the shepherds are close. So when we talk about retro, uh, Mercury in retrograde, and by the way, it's in metro, retrograde December 10th through December 30th of this year, and then right after the 31st we start the new year, because what Mercury does is it rules the mind. It is the mental processes. It's all forms of communication, including travel and speaking and writing. It's messages and letters and faxes and emails and book contracts and documents. And, of course, as I was saying, it's transmutation. So they all fall under Mercury's influence. And when Mercury's in retrograde, we have to expect delays. We have to expect confusion, misunderstandings, as well as lost mail. Um, so, you know, we, we need just time to be thoughtful. We need time not to despair because ob- obstacles are going to be in our way, but they're there to strengthen us. So what do you do? Again, confine yourself to the re-words. Renew, review, rejuvenate, reflect repair, rethink, reschedule, rewrite, reformulate, you know, and so on. We have to, to do all of those kinds of, of things. Don't sign contracts now. That's not a good thing to do. Um, you may want to uh, meditate more. Let your inner guidance redirect you towards your right path. And, of course, we have to learn to enjoy every minute of your life. You want to be happy now. You don't want to wait for something outside of yourself to make you happy in the future. You want to think how really precious the time is that you have to spend 
with work, you know, whether it's work or with your family, because every minute needs to be enjoyed and savored. Uh, there are four Mercury um, retrograde cycles in 2010, and so this is the very last of them, which is kind of good to know. They're all, they were all in Earth signs this year. So that, uh, that tells you something, I guess, right there that, of having to be grounded. So it's a, this year was a year of dramatic change, and hopefully we have been staying grounded. So slow down and just listen for the communications. As, as I used to do a cheer in high school, it was called Stop, Look, and Listen. Well, that's how to stabilize anything that is shaky. So Mercury's role is to show us that what we perceive is not set in stone. So during Mercury in retrograde, you're, the picture kind of gets jumbled up. Sometimes it's beyond recognition. And there are faded aspects to the cycle since they seem to bring back the old ideas, the friends, and the exes. You can get a new piece of the puzzle by paying attention to whatever it crosses your path. So how comfortable are you with this orchestrated chaos? You know what? I'm okay with these cycles. I have to say I do get a little bit wind, wound up sometimes. I muse on the past, and it kind of shakes up my perception. But you know what? If you have, if you have days like this, just say, okay, I'm going to take a time out. If things are going to go wrong, and I'm going to just work from a new perspective and when the cycle is over, I am going to be ready. I am going to be totally ready to move on and to sign that new contract. It may look different in the, a new light. So remember that don't get, don't get upset during these times of Mercury in retrograde because usually it's the channels of information. They go zigzaggy on us. They, it means that piece of mail may take a circuitous route or it might even go missing. Some people, as I was saying earlier, get computer problems. Like I, I was just wondering if my computer went out right now because as I was here wa- talking on the radio to you, all of a sudden the, the messenger that comes through from Justin, my engineer, went blank and there was a message telling me that I was disconnected. So here I thought I was disconnected and that I was talking to blank air, but it turns out Justin has me connected all is well. So I still am on the radio. So if you, I didn't panic. I just kept going. <laughs> so with the, we can always do the classic, blame it on Mercury in retrograde. It's the, move, it's the moment when we're losing what we worked on through something that is sudden. It sometimes means it's a do-over time. It's a rewrite, uh, you know, a, a redo, a remember. And that's okay when we have to repeat. Sometimes you pay twice online or you hit send. You know, when you do it twice, sometimes I'm, going on a casting call and I push something twice and, and it ends up I get submitted two times. That's, people don't really like that. So just be ready for those personal emails that might be full of neurosis that you only share with your closest friend but somehow you shared it with your boss. It's, uh, be careful of what you're typing. There might be significant typos right now. Also, uh, there are, you know, you might be getting stuck in traffic. You might get lost down a side street. Your plane may be sitting on the tarmac for hours, so bring you the water with you. There's a lot of room for misunderstanding. Someone may be listening to what you're saying, but they hear it in a scrambled way. And we're really surrounded by noise in these days. It's like messages, alerts, conversations, cell phones, news on the banks, in the airport, everywhere we go. I just went to the grocery store before I was uh, on the air, 
It was absolutely packed, and people were forgetting their their code numbers, you know, to get their discounts. So I was having a great time going down the line saying, here, you can use my code, you can use my code, you can use my code. People were, and I had my Santa Claus hat on, which I have on right now as I'm broadcasting, and people were saying, thank you, thank you. It was like a great Merry Christmas. Well, listen to your own thoughts. Be curious about where they are taking you. And just remember, Mercury in retrograde is just an energy shift that's going to involve some sorting and some shifting of past currents. It's all going to be great. You're going to find ways to soothe your mind. And, you know, listen to music and and just enjoy being with people. Take a break. Give yourself permission to just have fun. After all, it's the holiday season. We've got an entire week to have a wonderful, wonderful time. So go and buy some of my books. I'll autograph them for you. Go to bethestarur.com. Or if make a donation. You want a tax receipt. You need some tax write-offs before the end of the year. Be the Star You Are would love to have a donation of any amount. That's at bethestarur.org. If you're buying something on eBay, when you go to check out, do something nice. Pull the pull-down menu to donate, be the star you are. doesn't matter. A dollar or more, every little bit counts. It all adds, adds up. And our volunteers have been packing books and shipping them out to uh, kids that need them right now that have no gifts for Christmas. So help us help others. When I come back from break, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to be talking about wildlife and how we have a responsibility to make a corridor for animals so that they can live in harmony and not be disrupted. I am Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are, and we will be right back. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star you Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-788. Two seven. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. 
turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's Power Party Time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you for staying with us. It is party time. Everyone here at Voice America World Talk Radio are having a big party. Heather is off decorating a tree, so I am going to finish out the hour with you on talking about something that is really dear to my heart, which is, you know, wildlife habitats and animals. And just this week, if you go to, well, if, if you want to be on my Facebook, go to Facebook and check out Cynthia Bryan, and you'll be able to see pictures of all my animals. I just adopted uh, a potbelly pig who is five years old. Her name is Miss Piggy Sue. And I adopted two pygmy goats that are uh, two and three years old. And one of the little goats was born only with three legs and has like a, a, a just a, a hoof for the other leg, and it's just, I call him my ultra-abled uh, goat because instead of being disabled, he is just a little spitfire. So I really love taking care of animals, and I do adopt a lot of injured animals. But it gets me to what is happening in the wild, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention because we really do need to look into building more wildlife corridors. Biologists are saying that for many wildlife populations, survival is depending on traveling across unobstructed landscapes. Now, long-distance journeys are getting harder and harder for wildlife to undertake because there are roads and fences and rail lines, and it's getting um, exasperated by the new housing developments that are happening, and they're increasingly chopping up large parcels of habitat into isolated pieces. I mean, there's even driveways that will, you, will keep animals from crossing them. Now, this landscape fragmentation, as they call it, lessens what, what biologists call connectivity, the degree to which the landscape allows animals to move from one place to another. Now, one egregious example is the border wall that's being built between the U.S. and Mexico. Now, it is intended to slow the illegal immigration of Mexican population into the United States, but it's a 670-mile-long fence that's also going to block the migration of desert bighorn sheep, of ocelots, and many other species. So that growing number of homes and driveways and access roads that are popping up across rural countrysides nationwide are making it so that wildlife cannot move over to the other side of the mountain anymore because the other side of the mountain is all developed or on the way to being developed. There is no other side of the mountain. So one way that we can help habitats is by building these habitat corridors or these connecting habitats. It is daunting to mobile wildlife to negotiate the growing number of homes and driveways. And every time you put down a road or you drill a gas well or erect a transmission line or whatever it is, it has an impact on wildlife connectivity. So they just can't move as easily as they did. The barriers to the movement, they weren't always seen as major threats to the population of wildlife. But beginning in the 1900s and continuing for much of the 20th century, Conservationists have focused on protecting core areas like biologically diverse habitats designated as wildlife, you know, refuges or wilderness areas or parks. Save the best habitat the thinking used to be and the wildlife populations will survive. But since the 1970s, scientists have learned that protecting these habitat islands 
is not sufficient. There's more and more species that are declining the robust protected core habitats that are associated with increased development around that area. And at the same time, we're learning how much species need to move. So it's becoming obvious that the lack of movement among core areas is very, very problematic. And, for example, isolation prevents animals from traveling to important foraging or breeding sites and it's also heightening genetic risk because now there's more inbreeding and there's the loss of the evolutionary potential to adapt to changing environmental conditions. Such examples of the animals are in, uh, such examples of the environmental conditions are uh, floods and fires and, you know, the global warming that's causing habitats to change or even disappear. And animals here in the northern hemisphere are having to move from south to north or into higher elevations and they're the pathways that these animals need to follow are very often blocked. I mean, we're already seeing warmer weather pushing mountain goat and American pike habitats higher and higher into alpine areas. We're also seeing wolverines that are blocked from moving between patches of the deep mountain snow that they use for denning and for transportation corridors. And few are debating the need to restore and protect the landscape. The big question is, is... What do we do, and how do we do it? So one way that is what they call these wildlife corridors. They're also known as greenways, linkages, and passages. And these are tracts of habitat that it's a link that will link two or more larger core areas. Some are naturally occurring, such as maybe a creek bluff where the pronghorn can migrate. Others um, might be made by humans, like There are 42 culverts that were recently installed under stretches of U.S. Highway 93 on the Flathead Indian Reservation in western Montana that make the roadway permeable to wildlife so the animals can go under, under the freeways. When reconstruction of the highway was planned, the Confederated Salish and the the Kunitai tribes expressed their really strong concerns about the wildlife and the habitat fragmentation impact and they didn't like the disruption of movement, so they wanted to build these corridors that the wildlife could use. And what's wonderful is it has caused less vehicle-caused wildlife mortality. Now, there's also a unique agreement between the tribes and the state and federal federal, uh, transportation agencies that have included provisions for crossing structures. Now, these are really interesting because they are showing lots of use by several species, including grizzly bears and otters and deer and elk and moose, and again, a lower animal vehicle collision rate. These crossings are achieving the goals of maintaining the habitat connectivity, and what they are is they're like an overpass that goes over the freeway, but they are planted with grasses and um, and different uh, different um, natural plants so that the the animals do not feel that they are disrupted at all. The the uh, Gross Ventre Range in Wyoming is an ovish, official pronghorn migration corridor, and it's the first federally designated wildlife corridor in the United States because it's part of a 6,000-year-old migration route for these pronghorns that spend the summer in uh, the Grand Tetons National Park, which is such a beautiful park if you haven't been there. I like it better than Yellowstone. It is just amazing. And then they winter in the Green River Basin, which is a round trip of 340 miles. So several landscape and development bottlenecks 
uh, we're constricting the pronghorn's ancient migration avenue, and it, there, it was constricted to less than a, a quarter of a mile, and they just couldn't do it. So U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, they pledged to restrict the future activities on nat- national forest lands with the designated corridor that would impede the pronghorn movement. And that singular pronghorn route, notwithstanding one of the greatest impediments to corridor conservation, was the lack of an official federal program that protected the wildlife. So now we have to, they are protecting it. The river stretch is designated under the system as a wildlife or scenic area. It's a mix of public and private lands. And even though it's controversial, it could work for corridors. So we have to protect strips of land between core habitats that help populations so that they can remain viable. I mean, it's no guarantee that they will, but having a narrow greenway um, is better than nothing, even though it does make prey species a little bit more vulnerable to, ed- to edge-hunting uh, predators, such as you know, coyotes or skunks or foxes or bobcats or mountain lions. But it's better than having them not cross at all, where they may just stand there for hours and freeze in the snow. Because wildlife, they don't recognize country, state, or international borders. And we can't either if we want to maintain the health of our animals and our connectivity. Now, in the Northeast, the Algonquin to the Adirondack Conservation Organizations, they're working to connect a cross-border patchwork of ecological communities that's going to go from southeastern Ontario to northern New York. And this is interesting because it's the two countries, one forest initiative, which is a key to conserve the wildlife uh, linkages, and there's an 80 million acre area that they are doing this in. So I commend them that the two countries are, are working together. Another promising development is that governments are recognizing the economic logic in maintaining wildlife connectivity because it's, it's a lot cheaper to protect wildlife corridors now than to have to later go back and recreate them, which is something, you know, it's much harder to do something in a backwards manner, in a manner that we want to protect crucial habitats and maintain the, the ecological balance now so that wildlife will live healthily and happily and breed the way that they were meant to do. The, in 2008, the association created a wildlife council that was to advise them, and the governors could see that they were on a collision course, so they needed to develop the energy that was conflicting with wildlife, which is hugely important. So they mapped out core areas and wildlife routes, and then the development can occur while keeping the landscape permeable to wildlife movement. And for that to happen, though, the government and the agencies have to know which wildlife use which landscape. So this is, you know, there's a lot of studying that has to go on and a lot of watching, but just in our own backyards, we can help our animals stay in, you know, stay in their wildlife by uh, trying to make bridges between what is developed and what is still natural. Um, animals don't like to cross busy roads, so highways have to change in order to maintain this for our animals. Well, uh, in, with that all being said, I invite you to look into wildlife connectivity and how to protect the linkage, linkages for our animals. And if you're a person that just has domestic pets at this time of the holiday season, enjoy your pets. They're part of our family. Take good care of them. And, you know, as I used to say on my television show, Star Style, 
um, Star Sale Live Your Dreams in our Animal Tales section, and that was to adopt a pet today and pet a pet today. And if you want to make a donation to take care of animals, you can do that at be the star you are dot org. We do we do animal rescue as well. Be the star you are dot org. You can make a donation today. I have something else I wanted to do, to uh, read you. It was another. This one's a a, a rather funny poem that um, well, it's not a poem. A, a funny a funny. Story, I guess it would be uh, about Santa. It is a little bit sexist because it's from a, a woman's point of view, but I thought it was rather funny. It was sent to me by one of our listeners. So it is about how Santa is a woman. So for all of you who think that Santa is a woman, here is something for you. Why is Santa a woman? Well, I hate to be the one to defy a sacred myth, but I think that he is a she. Think about it. Christmas is a big, organized, warm, fuzzy, nurturing, social deal, and we have a tough time believing a guy could possibly pull it all off. For starters, the vast majority of men don't even think about selecting Christmas gifts until it's Christmas Eve. And I, this is just Cynthia as a side note. That's usually my husband. Well, once at the mall, they always seem to surprise to find only stereos and socket wrenches and wine left on the shelves. On this count alone, I'm convinced that Santa is a woman. Another problem is surely if he were a man, everyone in the universe would wake up in the morning to find a rotating musical football, baseball, or maybe a chainsaw under the tree, and it would still be in the bag. It wouldn't be wrapped yet. Another problem for a he Santa would be getting there. First of all, there's no reindeer because they would all be all be dead. They'd be gutted and strapped on the rear bumper of the sleigh. They, amid wide-eyed, desperate claims that buck season had been extended, Blitzen's rack would already be on its way to the taxidermist, or it might even be hung above Santa's fireplace. If Santa was a male and he did have reindeer, he'd still have a transportation problem because he would inevitably get lost up there in the snow and the clouds, and then, of course, he would refuse to stop and ask for directions. And here are some other reasons why Santa can't possibly be a man. Men can't pack a bag. Men would rather be dead than caught wearing red velvet. Men would feel their masculinity is threatened having to be seen with all those elves. Men don't answer their mail. Men don't answer their phones. Men would refuse to allow their physique to be scribed, even in jest, anything remotely resembling a bowl full of jelly. And men aren't interested in stockings unless somebody else is wearing them. And having to do that ho-ho-ho thing would seriously inhibit their ability to pick up women. And we can't buy the fact that other mythical holiday characters, they are indeed men. Yeah, Father Time shows up once a year. He's unshaven. He looks kind of scary. He's definitely a guy. Cupid flies around carrying weapons. Well, that's probably a guy. Uncle Sam's a politician who likes to point fingers. St. Nick is definitely in touch with his feminine side. And from this woman, I think that's a good thing. So go, Santa. Male or female, go, go, go. Well, I hope that didn't offend any of our male listeners out there. That was sent in by a female listener, but I think it came around. And I do know some men that do ask for directions, so that is all well and good. I hope that you all enjoy this wonderful holiday Christmas season. And I want to take this time out to thank everyone, my stellar team at World Talk Radio and Voice America, my engineer, Justin, 
and everyone who takes care of everything we do, from Brandy and Randy and Ryan and Ruben and the Jeffs and everybody else that I am um, I'm not naming at the moment, I want to thank all of you for being great listeners. Don't forget our essay contest. For more information, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. For coaching, CynthiaBryan.com. If you want to buy any of my books, go to BeTheStarYouAre.com. I want you also to take, make a donation to the charity. Um, you know, it's tax deductible before the end of the year. May there be peace within you today. Trust your highest power. You're exactly where you're meant to be. Don't forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. Use your gifts to love, to laugh, and to bask in the sun. You are one of a kind. You are you, and no one has ever walked into in your shoes. Until we celebrate next week, I hope that you will share this holiday season with people that you love. Be surrounded by family and friends, and be blessed with the gifts of peace and health, happiness and harmony. This is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, reminding you to be the star you are. Go out into the world, smile, be happy, and enjoy a happy holiday. Season's greetings from Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany, and all of us here at Voice America and World Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. We will be with you next week. Happy holidays. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You are.